We're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. It's the four different types of tongues in the Bible. Somebody says, well, David, I thought there was only one type of tongue. Well, so did I when God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I thought there was tongues and interpretation and that was it. I found out there was a prayer language in tongue that was private with God where nobody can tap your line. I also discovered that there's tongues that need no interpreter, like on the day of Pentecost, where each man heard them declaring the wonderful works of God in their own native language, unknown to the speaker, the 12 disciples or the 120 that came out of the upper room filled with the Holy Spirit. And then there's a fourth type of tongues we're going to get to. It's groanings and deep intercessions to birth something in the Spirit. But we're going to go through those things tonight because the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6 that my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And so the enemy's ability to keep us stymied, stuck, or defeated is commensurate or equal with his ability to keep us ignorant. So we're not going to be ignorant anymore. The Bible says, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein there's excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody said to me, David, what's the will of God for my life? Pray. I said, oh, it's easy. They're like, you've got it? Yeah, be filled with the Spirit. They're like, well, I have been filled with the Spirit. When? I got filled with the Spirit 19 years ago. I said, well, guess what? I filled up my tank of gas five days ago and it's empty. I got to leave the meeting and on the way home, I have to stop by the filling station and get my tank refilled. When was the last time you were refilled with the Spirit? They thought about it. And I said, how often do you pray in the Spirit? Well, I prayed in the Spirit a few weeks ago. I said, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. You know, Paul wrote two-thirds in the New Testament. Is there potentially a correlation with him praying in tongues more than anybody and also getting revelation to birth the writings of the New Testament? When you pray in tongues during the day, God will give you dreams and interpretation at night. If you don't believe me, I challenge you. I double dog dare you to spend time praying in other tongues. And tonight we're going to pray at the end, both on camera, on social media, YouTube or Vimeo or SoundCloud. You might be hearing it audibly, but God is going to baptize you afresh with the Holy Spirit because God's desire is that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. The reason people backslide is they're not filled. We're leaky vessels, of course. And so we have to be being filled. And interestingly enough, in Ephesians 5.18, where it says, you know, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk. But the will of God is to be filled with the Spirit. The word to be filled with the Spirit is the Greek word pleru, P-L-E-R-O-O, pleru. And the word pleru in the original Koine Greek language, you get to be a little Greek tonight, a little Greek lesson. The word pleru is in the present imperative tense. That means it's a command to do something now with a constant repeated action in the future. So the word be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled, it really is translated be ye being filled and being filled and being filled and being filled. If we would pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, 
in our private prayer language that God gives us at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if we would stay praying in tongues as often as we stay charged up on our cell phone, we won't backslide. We'll begin to operate in hearing the voice of God, begin to operate in the power of God. The signs and wonders will have the fruit of the Spirit. We'll have the love of God. We'll have the gifts of the Spirit. And it comes from staying on the charger. Isn't that great? Be filled with the Spirit, making melody in your heart, singing with songs, spiritual songs, and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. So tongues is one manifestation of being filled with the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is another manifestation. The gifts of the Spirit are another manifestation. And also walking in the power of the Spirit with convincing power and evangelism is another manifestation of the Spirit. The one self-same Spirit gives gifts severally, empowerments, endowments. I like to call them gracelets. You ever worn a bracelet? God's gracelets, because the word gifts is the word charisma or gifts or graces that he gives you. So the word charisma is the word gift. And so when you get a gift of the Spirit, you get a grace of the Spirit. And if you get multiple gifts, you have gracelets. But they're not to bring attention to you. They're to bring attention to Jesus and to bridge the gap between you, between him and humanity. Because there's a lying, sighing, crying, dying world out there of destitute humanity in need of a Savior that are hurting. They've been through all kinds of things, just like you and I went through all kinds of things before a grace lit of God came our direction which was Jesus with skin on showing up with the love of God. While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So tonight, as we get into the four different types of biblical tongues, we want you to prepare to receive a fresh filling of the Spirit. Because even as your tank may be a little low from driving to get here, it's about to be filled to send you on to go another 400 miles before you need another filling. Amen? Amen. Okay. So the four different types of tongues. And last week we talked about the five different types of people that received the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues in the book of Acts. And so you can look back on social media or the teaching below this. You can track that down. Five different types of people that receive the Holy Spirit, and everybody falls into one of those five categories. So here's the four different types of tongues. The Bible reveals four different types of tongues, or glossolalia, glossa, which God has provided. Why? For the building up of the church. You are the church. You don't go to a church. You are the church. You get empowered as the church by going to a building which people call the church but you are the church where two or three are gathered in his midst. There he is amongst them. Where two agree is touching anything on earth, he'll do it. So you are the church of Jesus Christ. You might bring people to church and that's wonderful. That's a physical building or a gathering location, but you are the ecclesia. You are the sent ones. You are the called out ones. You are his representation on the earth. So the Bible reveals four different types of tongues, four, east, west, north, south. You got four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So four, the Bible reveals four different types of tongues which God has provided for the building up of the body of Christ. Number one, 
tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. 1 Corinthians 14, 22, and we'll get into that. Number two, tongues for personal edification. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Number three, tongues for interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. And four, tongues for deep intercessional groanings. The words cannot express Romans 8, 26. So we're gonna start right off the bat with tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. Tongues then are a sign, 1 Corinthians 14, 22, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. Each of these different kinds of tongues, 1 Corinthians 12, 10, NIV, is given as the Holy Spirit wills, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, and for distinctly different purposes. You don't apply soccer rules to an NFL game. Yet somebody might tell you, well, I play football and they're from a Latin American country. And you're like, okay, well, let's get some pads and some helmets. We don't wear pads and helmets. Well, let's go throw the football around. Oh no, you can't use your hands. You can only use your feet. Oh, you're talking about soccer. Well, in our country, we call it football. Well, in our country, we call it football as well. So two types of football, completely different sets of rules and a completely different set of ball. You know, you play by a round ball versus a, you know, and then you've got a net you kick it into. The other one's got posts you kick it through, but both are called football. So we don't want to apply soccer football rules to NFL football rules. You don't want to apply one type of tongues that God has given in scripture and set up rules and regulations which apply here to a different type of tongues. And I'll explain that to you. So each of these gifts, different, different kinds of tongues are given as the Spirit wills and for distinctly different purposes. For example, on the day of Pentecost, we see tongues as a sign for unbelievers. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the 120 and each of the people present on that day heard the disciples who were Galileans and spoke Aramaic and Hebrew, heard them, the disciples, speaking in their own native tongue. So this one didn't need an interpreter, did it? Because the people that were speaking in tongues were speaking by the Holy Spirit, but they were declaring the wonderful works of God in 16 other different languages that are named. And so... If you look at Acts 2, verse 6 and 8, the 120 were speaking in tongues, a language not naturally acquired by the speaker, while those present heard them in their own language. Hence, in this case, although the speakers did not understand what they were saying, the hearers, or at least those for whom the sign of supernatural dialects and tongues was given, understood them clearly in his own language. This is what Mark experienced. Okay, so I had a friend of mine, and his name was, was Juan Carlos. And Juan Carlos was from Puerto Rico, right? Puerto Rico. So he speaks English and Spanish. And there's a friend of mine who's a Jew and he just got saved. So he's a Messianic Jew. And he spoke Hebrew and he also wrote Hebrew. And as we were in a prison cell praying, Juan Carlos began to speak in other tongues. Well, because I have a Hebrew background, even though I'm not fluent in Hebrew, I recognized Hebrew right away. And he was singing in tongues. And I started laughing because I've got a Messianic Jew who gets saved but doesn't believe that the baptism and the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is for today yet. 
because he got baptized, he got born again through some wonderful Christians who, you know, were cessationists. They believed the gifts had ceased. And so what happened was I looked up and I looked over at Mark and he's like, this Puerto Rican's and speaking in fluent Hebrew. And so this was a sign for Mark who was born again, but he was a non-believer as it related to tongues. But this caused faith to spike in him and God had him on that path. So Juan Carlos got done speaking in tongues and he's praising God in Spanish and then in English. And I said, Juan Carlos, I said, can I ask you a question? Remember rugby rules or you know soccer rules versus football. I said, can I ask you a question? And he said, yeah. And I said, when you were praying in tongues, did you know what you were saying? And he said, well, well, no. And he got a little defensive because he thought I was about to apply soccer rules to football on that type of tongues. And I said, how many languages do you speak? And he says, well, I speak two, David. I said, he said, Spanish and English. I said, do you, do you speak any Hebrew by chance? And he said, well, I, I know a couple of words. I said, well, like what? He goes, like, shalom? I said, you mean like shalom? Yeah, yeah, that's it, shalom. And Mark looks at me, and I said, Mark, did you happen to recognize the language which Juan Carlos was speaking in? And he said, yes, he was declaring the high praises of God from the Old Testament Psalms in fluent, perfect Hebrew. It was like the day of Pentecost when they were all gathered together and there came and there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, Acts chapter two, verses one to four. And those tongues of fire came and separated and rested upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit like a mighty rushing wind. And they began to declare the wonderful works of God in different tongues or dialectos as the original Greek is. And there were 16 language groups who heard them declaring the wonderful works of God in their own native language. And the Pharisees and the religious folks says, these men must be drunk. <laughs> you know, anytime you have a move of God, the religious spirit will try to nixay it, naysay it, shut it down. When David danced before the ark of the Lord in his ephod, in his underwear, with all his might, David's own wife said, you're a vain fellow. She was barren in her womb from that day forward. Don't speak against the things of God that you don't understand. Ask God to see if these things are so. And if you don't know, ask and he will reveal. Because when you lean into God, you hear his voice. When you lean away from God, you can't hear his voice. If somebody was whispering, you'd lean in. If they were yelling, you might lean back. And I don't know if you've ever heard the still small small voice of God, but it'll cause you to lean in like Elijah when God wasn't in the earthquake or the fire or the thunder, he heard the still small voice of God. He wrapped his face in his garment. He went out and God spoke to him. Other times, the big booming voice on the mountain, the audible voice of God, it will blow you back. So when you hear the audible voice of God, there's a powerful encounter you've just had and there's rough sailing ahead or just pulling you out of a bad situation. But the still small voice is an invitation. It's an invitation to hear him more clearly. 
So that was the first type of tongues, which was tongues that are unknown to the speaker, but known to the hearer because it was in their own native language. So does that kind of tongues need an interpreter? No, it's interpreted by the person who it's intended for that causes faith to spike. And then Mark was later baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues himself. And so it enabled him to come over that barrier that had been placed upon him through doctrinal religion that didn't line up with scripture, but through wonderful Christians who led him to Christ. So you can get to John 3, 16 through any Christian, but just make sure it's not some Acts 2, 4, no more Christians who don't believe in the baptism and the Holy Spirit. And if so, thank them for introducing you to Jesus. That's the most important thing there is because your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. But don't end there in this life. Get empowered by the Holy Spirit. If I told you statistics of how God is moving in different movements right now, you would be shocked to hear these numbers. And I'm just gonna see if I can find them real quick. And uh, these numbers are just staggering when you hear them. But the majority of the evangelism that's being done today in the earth is being done through Spirit-baptized Christians, people that have received the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And when they get filled with that Spirit, they have a desire to go out and evangelize the gospel to other people. And just give me one second, because I just find this to be important. At the time of this writing, I wrote this book on the subject of tongues, what the Bible really says. You can buy it on Amazon.com, on Kindle or Softback. You can get it off our website at Virtual Church Media. We've got a PDF download as well. At the time of this writing, statistics on world evangelism indicate that approximately 400,000 souls are coming to Christ daily. More, than, more people have become Christians in the last 35 years than in the prior 1975 years combined. 28,000 a day are coming to Christ in communist China. 20,000 a day are bending their knees to the cross for the first time each morning in Africa. 300,000 a month are responding to the gospel message in India through the sharing of the Jesus videos. Evangelism is exploding at exponential rates around the world. It's exciting. Statistically, nearly 90% of all souls being one to Jesus is occurring through ministers that preach, teach, and operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're tongue talkers. The last day's move of God on the earth is happening just like the prophet Joel foresaw. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Do you know that in China right now, the most effective evangelists, this is a fascinating statistic, in the rural communities are single females ages 18 to 22. Women can't preach? They sure are in China and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're often martyred for their faith. They're often raped while they're out evangelizing. Their prayers are not for a second car or a new home 
but instead that their faith would not fail them when they're required to give up their lives for Jesus. The biggest church in the world, nearly a million active members, is in Seoul, Korea, led by Pastor Paul Yonggi Cho, who actually just went on to be with the Lord recently. This church has been used by God to transform the population from a half percent Christian. So 99.5% of the people were not Christians when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit and healed of tuberculosis, become a woman on a bicycle, kept coming by his house and preaching Jesus to him and preaching Jesus to him as he was dying of tuberculosis. And finally, he gave his life to Christ just because she browbeat him half to death. And he ended up getting healed by Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what happened after that. They went from one half percent Christian to the entire nation being 25% Christian. They speak in tongues and operate in all the manifestation gifts Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Reinhard Bunke, evangelist to South Africa, won nearly 12 million souls to Christ through crusades in 2003 alone. In one service where God's power was demonstrated, over a million souls, Muslim and Hindu, gave their hearts to Christ. Healings, deliverances, and miracles were commonplace in Christ for All Nation crusades when the name of Jesus is proclaimed. And Reinhard Bunke spoke in tongues too. We actually attend Nations Church now. I wrote this years ago, not knowing that I would end up in Orlando, Florida, and attending a church that didn't even exist from Christ for All Nations who have won 81 million souls to Christ now. And we're privileged to have evangelist Carl Butler here tonight from Australia, just won 75,000 to Christ. In Tanzania is also part and parcel of Christ for All Nations and was trained under them as well and had the privilege of being on the platform at Reinhardt's Farewell Crusade in 2017, where I think about one and a half million or 1.6 million came to Christ during that crusade. How many was that, Carl? 845,000 in that crusade. And so that, they, they win souls. In fact, at church on Sunday, this is fascinating, they had 249,000 to come to Christ in the last three weeks during street evangelism with the 88 evangelists who were trained here, all tongue talkers. And then they went into the crusade and 1.2 million people showed up over a period of four nights. We don't even have the, the cards in on how many hundreds of thousands accepted Christ. But 90% of all evangelism is being done by Pentecostal, charismatic. When I say that, I'm not labeling them as a denomination. I'm talking about Pentecost being an encounter with God where you get Pentecostal power and charismatic where you get the charismas, the graces of God to go share the love of Christ with the world. I'm trying to emphasize the importance of being not drunk with wine, but being ye filled with the Spirit. And keep your oil lamp full. Get filled, get refilled. You know, my wife will ask me, you know, why do you always fill up the tank when it gets half full? You know, it's, it's, we got another half tank to go. I don't want to risk it. I just don't want to risk running out of gas. Why do I get back on the prayer charger and pray in tongues sometimes at four in the morning and my wife will get up and she'll pray and I'll hear her in the other room. I'll continue to sleep. Sometimes I'll get up and pray. Sometimes she'll get up and pray. The Holy Spirit will, you want to be filled and be being filled with the Holy Spirit because you never know when you're going to be called in for a 15-round fight. Don't train for one round just because you knock the enemy out. 
every time in the first round. You never know when God might allow a bigger devil to show up and it takes 15 rounds. Stay, keep that pump prime. Philippines survey, the following is an excerpt from a recent article entitled The Holy Spirit by Dr. Larry Kreider, International Director of Dove Christian Fellowship International, Worldwide Network of Churches. A survey was taken in the Philippines sometime back, which found that each Christian who had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit brought an average of 36 people to Christ compared to one person led to the Lord by each Christian who had not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Why? The Spirit-baptized Christians simply had the power of God in their lives to witness with greater effect. Emphasis added. Would you rather lead one person to Christ in your life or 36? 36. Think about that. This is why the enemy fights the baptism in the Holy Spirit so much. He knows that you'll be endued with power from on high and you'll be my witnesses. You know what the word witness is? And it's in Acts 1.8. Jesus said, but Terry, Jesus is raised from the dead. He's in his resurrected state. He talks to the disciples and he says, but wait, Terry here until the spirit comes. Because when the spirit comes, you'll be my witnesses. Now we talk about witnessing for Christ. You know what the word witness is there in the original Greek? We're having a lot of little Greek words tonight. The, word, the Greek word for witnesses there is the word martus. It's where we get our word martyr from. Oh, 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 wow. So in other words, you're going to be baptized with fire and the Holy Spirit in such a way that you're going to be willing to give your life and die for his name if necessary, like an 18 to 22-year-old female evangelist in China. You want that kind of power? I've got a book. It's called Fools for Christ. And the Lord asked me one day, whose fool are you? You're going to be a fool for somebody. Wouldn't you rather be a fool for Christ? Oh, he's crazy. He's a Jesus freak. Oh, he's on the God squad. Oh, what squad are you on? My retirement plan is out of this world. And it's in the non-smoking section. You don't want to go to the smoking section. I often say party canceled due to fire. <laughs> no change of address labels at the post office. <laughs> That's right. Domino's Pizza and Grubhub, they do not deliver. <laughs> That's right. So the article goes on to explain the difference between receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation and being baptized in the Holy Spirit can be explained like this. It's a great metaphor. You can be led to a pool of water and drink from it. You can receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. Or you can jump fully into the water, be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's the same water, same Holy Spirit, but you have a completely different experience when you drink from it versus when you dive into it. Isn't it fun going swimming? In Ezekiel chapter 47, it's got this river that flows from the sanctuary and it's ankle deep for a thousand cubits, 1800 feet. But then all of a sudden it becomes knee deep and then it goes down another thousand cubits. Then it becomes waist deep and it goes down another thousand cubits. And then it becomes a river that you can swim in. And there's trees on both sides of the river that bear fruit 12 months a year. They're healing. Their leaves are for the healing of the nations. What's interesting about this is, where's the water deepest? Closest to the sanctuary? Or is it deeper the farther you get out away from the sanctuary? We would think it would be 
deepest at the sanctuary, but it's just the opposite. Because you need more of the Holy Spirit the farther you get away from God to go take him to the world. Where the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. You want real signs and wonders? You don't get signs and wonders sipping your little coffee or tea, praying in tongues, reading your Oswald Chamber daily devotional in your Bible in the morning. No, you get the anointing. You get the anointing to destroy yokes when you're out in the drug districts and the prostitutes and you've got gang violence. You need the anointing for that. When you go down to the bar district and you begin to preach the gospel, you'll need the anointing for that. It'll be a river that you can swim in. You'll see signs and wonders in third world countries when you go out into the bush of Africa where they're doing human sacrifice and they're doing witchcraft and they try to come at you like they do our evangelist, Israel Agre. And he's in the rural areas. They try to throw witchcraft against him, high-level stuff. It bounces off the shield of faith and strikes him down with strokes or strikes him dead. He'll pray over him for two hours and God will raise him from the dead and they will have been in hell. That's where the anointing comes, on the front lines. You might come and get filled at church and that's a wonderful thing, but do something with what you've been filled up with. Go share it with others. You know another interesting thing about the anointing? The more you give it away, the greater it becomes. It's like nuclear in nature. It's just amazing. <laughs> and when you pray for somebody and the power of God comes through you, it's exhilarating and it makes you want more of him. And it'll put you on your face in prayer. And it'll also raise the enemy's ears and he might come after you. You know, it's great having our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That happened at Salvation. Jesus did all the work there. But wouldn't it be nice to know that you've done enough damage to the enemy's camp that you're on like the most wanted list in his kingdom. <laughs> it's great to be known in heaven, but you ought to be known a little bit in hell too. If you're really carrying Jesus. Acts 10:38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing 37.4% of those who are oppressed with the devil. No, it doesn't say that. 90% of those who are oppressed with the devil. He went about healing all who were oppressed with the devil. And when you walk with Jesus, you're going to see an increase in the amount of people that are healed and set free and delivered. During the latter rain movement, during the voice of healing days, 1947 to 1958, God spoke to 187 people that we know of. Many are called, but few are chosen. He might have spoke to 187,000 for all I know, but we know 187 of them had a similar experience and they didn't know each other. God told each one of them go, to go on a fast anywhere between seven days and 40 days. And when they came out of that time of fasting, they were endued with power and they put up a tent and started tent revivals. And miracles and signs and wonders would happen from 1947 to 1958, about an 11-year run. Oral Roberts was one of them. He laid hands on over a million people. Incredible creative miracles would happen. The Jeffries brothers, A.A. Uh, a. Allen, William Branham, Jack Coe, and so many others. But they all had the same story. God spoke to them to go on a fast. The difference between being baptized in the Holy Spirit and you having the Holy Spirit and being released in the power, the Holy Spirit having you, often 
involves a dirty little four-letter word called fast and pray and seek and give. Jesus says, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. He didn't say if you give, if you pray, and if you fast. You know what the Lord spoke to me one day? He said, David, fasting is not required unto you for your salvation. It is given unto you as a gift that you might obtain all the benefits of God. I was like, wow, some things only come forth by prayer and by fasting, Mark 9, 29, King James Version. Why couldn't we cast him out? Because of your unbelief, Jesus says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. For years, I read that verse that this kind of demon only comes out by prayer and fasting. But as I read it in context, it's unbelief that comes out by prayer and fasting because we've been given authority over all devils. Why couldn't we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. Fasting. So the second type of tongues we're going to go to is the type I want to talk about primarily tonight. And it's about the personal prayer language of tongues that everybody can have. Because the Holy Spirit gives gifts severally. And God wants to give you more than what you already have. He wants to add. He's the God that's the God of nevertheless. That means he's the God of always the more. It's an ever-expanding kingdom. And he wants to fill you and empower you like never before. So the second type of tongues is for personal edification. Anyone who speaks in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, edifies or builds themselves up. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Somebody said to me, David, you shouldn't speak in tongues just to edify yourself. That's selfish. Oh no, I speak in tongues just like I read the word of God because I want a better relationship with the Lord. I want to be empowered and overflowing to where if I ever see somebody on the side of the road who's out of gas, thank God I've got a full tank and I can give them some of mine and get them to the gas station. Don't you want enough battery charge in your car to where you can go jumpstart somebody else's if they're in trouble? Thank God we edify ourselves. Paul speaks about a distinctly different type of tongue in 1 Corinthians 14.4 than he did on the day of Pentecost where there needed to be no interpreter that edified the people. Paul speaks about a distinctly different type of tongue. This tongue is for personal edification or building up or charging up your battery. Just like you charge up your cell phone. Somebody came in tonight, I had a spare battery, I put it in their phone, they said, oh my God, this is perfect, I'm down to 2%. Thank God, I had a spare. Do you have a spare? Bring one. Outward manifestation. Paul says that no man can, the tongue in for personal edification, this is also known as your personal prayer language in tongues. Paul says, that no man can understand this type of tongue, 1 Corinthians 14.2. If no man can understand him, then we know it's a different type of tongue than the 120 received on the day of Pentecost where each man heard them declaring the wonderful works of God in their own language. You know the nice thing about a personal prayer language in tongues? 
Nobody can tap your line, not even the devil. Isn't that nice? And you build yourself up. And all of a sudden, as you're praying in tongues, I'm going to share a secret with you. If you pray in tongues for about 15 minutes, you'll go into another gear. And if you pray in tongues for 15 minutes, you might have to labor to get there. Right? Distractions, the tag in the back of your shirt, you know, the phone goes off, you know, you get a text message, right? But man, you hit about 15 minutes in tongues, all of a sudden you hit a new gear. And then you'll be praying in tongues and all of a sudden you hit about an hour and you'll hit another gear. And it's tough to shut it off at that point because it's more natural to pray in tongues at that point than it is to pray in English. So I encourage you, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, to begin to pray a minimum of 15 minutes a day in tongues. And it'll go from 15 minutes and all of a sudden it'll become an hour. Jesus says, won't you tarry with me just one hour? Because much prayer results in much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Time to get back on the charger. And guess what? When I drive my car, I've got a slot in my car. It goes right down in there and immediately it's on charge. And when I arrive from one location to another and I've been talking on Bluetooth, talking while I drive, hands-free, legal in all 50 states. And uh, when I arrive, I look at my phone, it says 100%. I love it. So when you pray in other tongues, while you're going to an appointment, you'll arrive filled and you'll have power to impart power to jumpstart. You'll have a filled tank to give somebody an extra gallon or two of gas to get them to their destination to where they can get filled. Amen? Okay. We're going to do a third type of tongues and we're going to close out. But I want to share this with you. God wants you to edify yourself because if you edify and you're filled and you're built up, you're operating out of the overflow. If you made a million dollars and somebody came up and asked you for a hundred dollars, would it be difficult for you to give them a hundred out of a million? No. But what if you had twenty dollars and you needed it for gas and somebody came up and asked you for twenty dollars? That'd be tough, wouldn't it? Yeah. The apostle Peter on the day of and in Acts chapter three, he met a man at the gate beautiful who was crippled from his mother's womb. He said, silver and gold don't I have. I don't have. But such as I have, give I thee. He grabbed him by the hand. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And immediately power came through his hand and man received strength in his ankles. And he began to get ripped up by Peter, a violent faith. And the man began to walk and leap and praise God. Peter gave him what he had. You can't give it if you ain't got it. If you got 20 bucks, you can't give somebody a hundred, but if you got a million, you can give them a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand. God wants to fill you up with the riches of the kingdom to go meet the needs of those that are on Hurt Street and bring them onto a Help Street. Will you be the bridge between heaven and earth? He wants to give you the empowerment, the gracelets to demonstrate his love and power and to set the captives free. Tongues for interpretation. 
I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church might be edified. The reason we pray in tongues privately in our prayer language, so we get edified, so when we walk into the church, we have prophetic utterances that are accurate that edify other people. But if you're not filled, you're not operating in the overflow. And then instead of prophesying, you end up prophesying, and that creates a whole nother problem. Instead of being anointed, you might just be annoying, and that creates a whole nother problem. When I'm driving down the road and somebody pulls out in front of me, when I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm like, oh, Lord, protect them, teach them how to drive, bless them, keep them from getting a ticket. When I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm like, oh, have them arrested and pulled over and taken to driving school. You see, one is filled with grace and is interceding. The other one's filled with accusation. So I have to check myself before I wreck myself. We have to do a checkup from the neck up because what's in the bucket, what's in the, in the well comes up in the bucket. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus says. You can tell whether you're filled by what comes out of your mouth. And guess what? We're leaky vessels. That's why we have to be being filled. And so the fourth type of tongues, and I just share this with you. Jesus appeared to me in a prison cell in 1990. My, my co-defendant in my book, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, available on Amazon, also on our website, virtualchurchmedia.com. That depicts Jesus appearing in the prison cell in 1990 in Leavenworth Penitentiary. And if you're not right with God in Leavenworth Penitentiary, trust me, you're always just one heartbeat away from hell. It's good time to get saved if you end up in Leavenworth with them cockroaches. <laughs> Trust me, Building 63 was no fun. But guess what? In response to my mother's prayer, God sent Jesus to appear to us in that prison cell. And I was baptized and released in five different languages and tongues. And my co-defendant, who's named Vic in the book, the names have been changed to protect the guilty. But Vic had full interpretation. So I would pray in English, then I would seal it in tongues and Vic would get the interpretation in English and tell me what he heard me say. And the things that I said in English were actually in his mind to pray and they came out of my mouth in English. Because when you're in one mind and one accord, so God can move powerfully in a prison cell, the prisoners may be bound, but the word of God is not bound. That's why we want to reach prisoners with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We donated 15,000 copies of my book a few years ago. We just donated 60,000 copies of a multi-author book that we did, Nuggets of Gold, last year. And we donated about 10,000 bonded leather Bibles. And we just sent 500 softback Bibles to a prison chaplain in Northern California to hand deliver to the prisoners. And we're about to do, I don't know how many hundreds of Christmas cards here in Orlando, Florida on Sunday and next Saturday they're going to do hundreds of them in Kansas City, Missouri, handwritten Christmas cards to let the prisoners know they are not forgotten. If you want to participate, you can come and do that. If you want to sew for Bibles, heartprisonministries.org, we'll make a link for it. heartprisonministries.org, Heart of America Prison Ministries, we've been doing Bibles and resource materials for 25 years behind bars to I think around 1,300 facilities. Because when you sow in to God's sheep behind bars that the enemy derailed, 
and Jesus appeared to him in a prison cell because he loved him in response to somebody's prayers. And they're radically changed. They'll come out and turn the world upside down. And if they were out stealing jets for the Colombian cartel, trust me, they got a fearless DNA in them that they'll be fearless when Jesus fills them and empowers them with the gifts to go plunder hell and populate heaven. God's looking for a few good men and a few good women he can trust with his Holy Spirit that have not yet bowed their knee to Baal. Amen? Amen. And he's calling everybody for such a time as this. Amen. So that's an example of tongues with interpretation of tongues. So we had one where tongues were unknown by the speaker, but known to the hearer. One type of tongue. Second type of tongues. No man can understand him. That one's an untappable line. You don't even know what you're saying when you're praying in tongues, but the Bible says he who prays in an unknown tongue, he himself ought to pray that he might interpret. You can interpret your own tongues in your private prayer time. And sometimes it comes by words of knowledge. Sometimes it opens up as a vision. Other times you begin to hear back the interpretation in your own native language. For me, it would be English. For somebody else praying in tongues, it's Latino. Maybe they're hear it back in Spanish. Somebody else in Swahili, they're praying in tongues. They hear the interpretation back in their own native tongue, Swahili. We're only 4% of the population of the world in the United States, but we think we're all of that sometimes and a bag of chips. But God is a diverse God. And so then the other type is when you get proficient and practiced as your faith grows, you'll get into a public setting and you'll have tongues and interpretation because what you practice in private, then you can operate in publicly. David slayed the bear and the lion before he went up against Goliath. God trusted him publicly, but he proved him privately. And if he can trust you privately in your prayer language and your prayer closet, he can trust you publicly in the pulpit. Amen? Okay, and the fourth type of tongues is... Romans 8, 26, when we don't know what we ought to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and makes intercession for us with groanings that words cannot express. The word groanings that words cannot express in one of the translations is cannot be articulated in human speech. And when a mother is in pain for her child and she's crying out to God, oh God, she doesn't even know what to pray. The Holy Spirit helps her in her weakness and begins to pray through her with groanings the words cannot express. And the clarion call of that 911 moment kicks in and sends the hounds of heaven into that situation to swoop in. I've talked to people that have been in dire situations that didn't believe in the baptism and the Holy Spirit, didn't believe in speaking in other tongues. In fact, they stood against it, even preached seven points in a poem on their little soapbox on why the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. Yet when their child is stung by bees and they're allergic to bees and they're going to die out in the forest, God help! The next thing you know, they're speaking in other tongues and they're groaning with words cannot express and they can't shut it down and the glory of God comes and their child is instantly healed. And they come back to the house and they're like, I don't know what to tell my wife. I want to give God glory, but I don't want to admit that I've been wrong on this doctrinal issue for so many years. 
I'm a pastor. I preach against this, yet that very gift saved my son's life. And finally, he confesses to his wife. And she said, I've got something to confess to you. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I had a dream. And I was preaching on the corner on my soapbox against the gifts of the Spirit. And the power of God hit me and I fell in front of all the people in the dream. And I began to speak in other tongues. She says, and I woke up speaking in tongues and I put my hand over my mouth. He says, is that the sound that I heard? He says, yeah. She says, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit two weeks ago. He goes, I guess it just happened to me. What do we do? She says, well, they're going to kick us out of our church if we tell them. He said, I can't deny Christ. And a whole movement started called the Vineyard Movement. That was John Wimber. His book is called Power Evangelism and I think Prophetic Evangelism. Great books. But you know, God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And this groanings that words cannot express when it comes on you, sometimes it's like travail. And I've had it come on me only three times in my whole life. And once you're in it, it's like birthing a baby. I've not birthed the baby, but I birthed some things in travail. And you can't turn that thing off until it's birthed. And when it is, you're like exhausted. And I mean, it's like almost violent. But then things begin to change rapidly because you birthed a movement. You birthed something in the spirit. You birthed a breakthrough. And you'll hear about the testimonies of the major shift that occurred while you were praying in other tongues and birthed something. When you do that, shift happens. Amen? Yeah. That's right. So if you want shift to happen, pray in other tongues. God will make the heavenly shift in your behalf. Let us stand. I'm going to invite evangelist Carl Butler from Australia. It's our last week with him. And I love Carl. He's fun to minister with. And he carries the fire of God. And wherever he goes, the fire is released. He just returned from Olathe, Kansas with Dan and Cindy Creviar and uh, in uh, Jubilee Ministry Center, helping start that new church where they moved from one building to a new one. And the fire was released. I heard many testimonies of God's fire being released. So how many have never received their personal prayer language in tongues? one we got a couple there's going to be some on line and it's not the haves and the have-nots it's those that are born again they've got Jesus those are the haves and then those that God wants to get to have some more so it's not two classes however your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life regardless if you're born again but would you rather lead one person to Christ in your life or 36 with the baptism in the Holy Spirit and then get a fresh filling and lead 3600 Carl just led 75,000 to Christ and trained 14 evangelists in T Tanzania. So, and he's getting ready to go to Kenya. Amen? Go for it, Carl. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for your presence here right now. You know, receiving the Holy Spirit is a little bit like receiving a healing. There's those healings you receive by the laying on of hands, and then there's those healings that you receive just by saying the word. The centurion came to Jesus and said, just say the word, my servant will be healed. And there's the times where we receive the gift by the laying on of hands. And 
as the scripture says, fan into flame the gift that was given to you through the laying on of hands. But then there are others that receive the gift simply by the saying of the word. You know, I was in a church when I got baptized, I was 16 years of age when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I was in a meeting and an evangelist gets up and he says, we are now going to sing and some of you are going to sing in a language you've never learned before. That was it. That's all he said. I lifted my hands up and suddenly I had a transformer experience. I literally felt like my mouth changed shape. You know, I came down here and then out of my innermost being, this language came out of here. It wasn't coming out through my brain. It was coming out through my spirit. And I always wondered why, but I've prayed for thousands of people around the world to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I realized so many people get it locked up here because they try to think about it too much instead of just letting that river come flowing out. And so we're going to pray for you and uh, we're going to declare that the Spirit of the Lord fills you yes. and you're just going to take that step of faith. Some will have hands laid upon them. <coughs> Others, particularly those of you that are watching online, you can receive this just by faith in the same way someone can receive healing by faith through the spoken word. So what we're just going to ask you to do is just stretch your hands up to heaven. Hold, lift your head up. Don't drop your head down. You can't drink with your head down. Hold your head up so that you can drink and just look up to heaven. Stretch your hands up like you're a funnel in a vessel. And God is going to pour out His Holy Spirit from heaven. And He's going to fill that vessel. And that vessel is going to fill up until it overflows. Sometimes there comes a little flushing out. But at the same time, He's going to fill you up to overflow. Flowing and our spiritual language is not going to come through your mind. It's going to come through your spirit in Jesus' Rivers name. Of living water. So right now, by faith, receive the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, now fill each vessel to overflowing. Be filled with the Spirit of God now in the name of Jesus. This is for every one of you who asks. It's for every one of you who believes you shall receive right now. Step out in faith. Open your mouth. Breathe in and begin to speak out the spiritual language that God gives you by His Spirit. Shura matakabosa. Rebediba rebediba. Bamadududuburibidi kebaba bulosa barandaba. Zifushkunumun regediba babulobudubudaba. There's a melody even going in the background here as Joanna is singing along and and let me encourage you, for some, the key to that language breaking loose is to just begin to sing out. And a spiritual language will come. You'll sing in the Spirit. So let it come forth as a song. If it's not coming forth just in, in speech, but allow it to come forth.
Mari begitu badi kita bacaus beradamba. Mekti kita badi kita butuh kau butuh kau dor abran dband mesmeri awuluts. Break ne macik kita babu rus Holy Spirit, shevarure maramamanama. Feel overflowing. Feel to overflowing. Can Maria andure Maria orbedi kita bad? Just yield, yield your tongue. Yield your lips, yield your mind, just yield your whole being. Allow that spirit that's filling you overflow, overflow. Shakamola Babu Suka Baba. Filled, overflowing. Keramar Rebedi Basaraba. Rebedi Basaraba Randaba. Shurburundurubadugubagalababa. Su Furugurimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Feeling that overflowing. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, tongues, interpretation, let it flow, Lord. Tongues, interpretation, Lord. Lord, there will be those that would receive that deep, deep impartation of the Spirit. Lord, groanings, groanings that are not able to be expressed, Lord, but well up from deep within through your spirit more shaka flows magic knows below flow to give it bramba shaka kakarebia bispo shafololo moa engere digido zuglio ongobodo shaknez bad digin sandibi metegedi masmalua bek jizifio sushi mama Ret bukadile luka varias mama land buka brezu vushi se 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 ke Yes Lord Kirigeza ke mama Amen Yes Kiriri ba bukadile wala mama Amen shukara bara bara bibibibi baba boku koko mama mama Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
touch online, put in a comment or on YouTube or Vimeo or SoundCloud or email us at info at virtual church media. We'd love to hear what God did in your life. Joanna has a word. I just speak over you right now. You've had terrible tragedy and loss. And the Lord has seen the pain and seen the trauma. And he's healing right now. He's touching your heart right where you're at right now. And I release his glory upon you and healing hands of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, he has not heard you. He has heard your tears. And he is touching your face right now. He's so sorry. He's so sorry. He's so sorry.
pray you have a great Thanksgiving. I'm David, my wife Joanna, for the Herobedians, virtualchurchmedia.com. If you've never sewn into a ministry, if you've never partnered with the ministry, we encourage you to do that with us at this time during this holiday season or whenever you're listening to this. So you can go to virtualchurchmedia.com and sew there. We support Africa Crusades, Media Ministry, and we also do prison ministry and get books like this in to encourage the prisoners. And of course, the Word of God, the trusty 66 books of the Bible between two fine Corinthian leather covers. So you can sew at heartprisonministries.org through that arm of our ministry. And uh, I just heard this 